Well, good morning, Calvary family. How are you today? It is great to worship with you. Welcome to those of you who have taken the time out of your day to join us in person. That's a big deal. And for those of you in our online family, thank you for taking a moment to tune in with us today. Look, I have a word for you today. And we're going to talk about some of the great things that happen when God's people pray. Prayer. Is that important to you? When you think about prayer, how often do you personally ask God so specifically for something very detailed in your life and then see Him actually come through and answer it? Genesis chapter 24. I want you to go in and grab your Bibles. Start to turn to Genesis chapter 24. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week. We started talking about sacrifice last week. And in your home, in your family, anything great that happens, happens because somebody sacrificed for it. Students, here's the reality for most of you. You went to that school or you're in the school that you're in right now because your dear mama or your daddy sacrificed dearly to get you to where you are. So don't shame them, right, by bringing home less than your best, right? Because they're the ones that put you in the position. Sacrifice. Those of you in business, right now you see in the world today that things are getting tighter, things are getting harder. And you're going to have to go through a period perhaps of trimming your budget, right, how you do things. How do you make it through hard times? Sacrifice. Sacrifice, though, always leads to something great, something better. And when we look at the life of Abraham and Isaac last week, we see that they trusted God. They exercised faith in the midst of their sacrifice. That's why this series is called Family of Faith. We at Calvary call ourselves a family of faith. And to exercise your faith as a child of God is what leads you to better outcomes in your walk with God and in your personal life. Now today, we're going to see how prayer plays a part of that. So Genesis chapter 24. Now, as you've got your Bibles ready, here's the great thing about today. We're all just going to pretend that we're at the beach, right? Because this week is an incredible week at Calvary. Vacation Bible School. Now, I know that some of you are veterans of Vacation Bible School. And perhaps you've done this for years. And you're like, okay, another Vacation Bible School. Listen, to lead a child to Jesus... And to serve Jesus by helping children, there's nothing greater. This week is a big week. And in a moment, we're going to pray for this week because when you ask God for something specifically that God wants to do, He answers that prayer all the time. Let me say it again. When you ask God specifically for something that He naturally wants to do, He will answer that prayer. And when I think about Vacation Bible School... And kids being here this week and people serving Jesus by saying, I'm going to give my time, my energy, and my effort to the Lord to lead someone else to come to know Jesus. There's nothing greater. So I'm actually thankful today for our beach shop, right, and all the fun that we're going to have. Matter of fact, I even heard that one of our classrooms upstairs already looks like a beach and has sand in it. Now, I'm not worried about cleaning it up at the end of the week, right? That's going to be a... An interesting little detail, but I'm, I'm excited because one of our teachers already said, my classroom is going to be a beach, right? And they're doing that because they want to do as much creativity as possible to reach students. I believe that when we pray 
and we ask God for things that God already wants to do, those are the prayers that He's going to answer. And you know the difference between prayers that you pray and God answers and prayers that you pray and He doesn't. Because we've all prayed things and it seems like God didn't answer. Well, He answered. He just said, that's not what I want for you. That's not what I have. Or sometimes He'll be like, just hold on and be patient and I will provide it in the right time. But there are some prayers when you pray them, it's like the answer comes automatically, immediately. Genesis chapter 24 shows us one of those prayers. Today's message I've called something worth asking for. Do you have something in your life worth asking for? In Genesis chapter 24, you're going to see a major moment in Isaac's life. Matter of fact, in our lives, this is one of those top three moments. Usually, the top three moments in life for you as a believer and for people are, did you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Most important decision you will ever, ever make. Did you surrender by faith to Jesus? That's number one. Number two is usually, what are you going to do with your life? What's your purpose? What's your design? What are you going to do your career? And usually you go to college and school for all of that to figure that out. Or you find something that you were good at or that naturally came your way and you do that. Your career is number two. But number three, who you're going to marry. <laughs> and that's found right here in Scripture in Genesis chapter 24 as Isaac is in this moment old enough 40 years old, by the way, so he's not necessarily young and in college, and he's 40 years old, and God has the perfect partner for him that he only receives because of the prayers of somebody else and faith. I want you to read the story with me, starting in verse 12. I want to set it up, Genesis chapter 24, verse 12. Basically, Abraham is getting older. Abraham is... Isaac's father, they've been through life together, experiences together. We read about the sacrificial moment, one of the biggest stories in the Old Testament, right, where God provided the sacrifice. We talked about that last week. And now, as Abraham's getting older and Isaac's getting older, Abraham says to the chief of his household, I need you to go to my homeland and I want you to go and I want you to find a wife there for my son Isaac. Now, this is a big deal because Isaac is the child that was promised to Abraham and Sarah, right? Isaac is the one in whom God had said through him, all the nations will be blessed. You, Abraham, your legacy will continue through him. But Isaac's not married. Isaac doesn't have a spouse. So it's, it's like, okay, God, are you going to come through? God, are you going to keep that promise? And so Abraham says to the chief of his household, I want you to take eyes and I want you to go to the land of my forefathers and I want you to come back with a bride for Isaac. Now, again, that sounds a little weird to you and I today, right? It doesn't work for us that way. But this servant travels 500 miles from where Abraham lives back to the homeland, 500 miles from the area of Palestine back to Mesopotamia to find a wife for Isaac. Now, think about it. 500 miles, that's roughly, 
here to Atlanta. Who would want to go to Atlanta to find a spouse for their child, right? Nobody wants to do that, right? Find somebody homegrown, a New Orleans person, right? A Saints fan. Make sure you do it right. But Abraham realizes that the people in the region where he's living are not God-fearing, not God-following, and are not listening by faith to the voice of God. And so he wants to go to where he knows there's good stock. And so he sends his servant 500 miles away with this order. Go and find a wife for Isaac. And the servant says, what if I can't find one? I mean, what if she doesn't want to travel 500 miles away from home to come back here to marry a boy she's never seen? Now, that sounds like a good New Orleans girl, by the way, right? Because the rule is you marry a girl from here in New Orleans, you're staying in New Orleans, right? Because she's never leaving, right? Except in this case, God had something very specific, not only for Abraham and Isaac, but for the man who prayed for God to deliver exactly what God had promised. And we read the servant's prayer, the chief of the household's prayer in verse 12. This is what he prayed when he arrived in Mesopotamia. O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now, may it be that the girl... I'm not moving. We might have to go Pentecostal in just a minute grab a microphone. We're just going to hold on. Oh, look, there we are. We're back. We didn't even have to pray for that. Thank you, guys. Verse 14, may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink. And the one who answers, drink, and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. That's his prayer. Now, he's prayed specifically. He's asked for something that Abraham has told him that he can ask for. He's been set up. Look at what happens. Verse 15. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. The girl was very beautiful a virgin, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring, and she filled her jar, and she came up. And the servant ran to meet her, and he said, Please let me drink a little water from your jar. Look at what she says. Drink, my Lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. Wait a minute. He said something in his prayer, right? Didn't he say, not only will she give me a drink, but she'll also um, provide a drink for my camels? Well, that's exactly what she did. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Um, he went on a trip with ten camels. He took 
10 of Abraham's camels. Why did he take 10 camels? Well, he had to haul a lot of stuff to try to impress this lady to come back 500 miles to marry Isaac, right? But 10 camels. It also showed that the master, Abraham, was very wealthy. He had a lot of stuff. For this young woman, single-handedly by herself, to allow 10 camels to fill themselves after a long journey drinking, that was work. So it's not just a coincidence that he asked for this and that she did it. This was actually a chore which would reveal the kind of character and the kind of woman that she was and that Abraham wanted for his son Isaac to marry. This is what she did. So meanwhile, verse 21, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. I think that's kind of an understatement of what he was really doing. He was probably sitting there going, because number one, she's beautiful, right? Number two, she's never been with another person. Number three, she has a servant's heart. And he's going, uh, you know, like, could this really happen? Could this really be going on? Is this really going to occur? So he's standing there with his jaw hitting the ground while she's serving Having, having the camels filled, verse 22, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing ten shekels of gold. That's a lot, ladies, by the way. And he said, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. And again, she said to him, we have plenty of both straw and feed and room to lodge in. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Why did the man bow low and worship the Lord? Number one, he sees her exterior. Number two, he sees her internally. He sees her character. But number three, what he realizes is he's made a journey 500 miles to find a needle in a haystack. And what does he find? A needle in a haystack. He finds the impossible because when she says whose family she belongs to, he immediately knows that God has answered his prayer because she's exactly what Abraham had told him to find for his son. He wanted the best for his son. She's exactly what he knows God had put on his heart to ask for. And she's exactly the person that he's made this 500-mile trek to find. And here she is. So what does he do? Verse 27. He said, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. The God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness, and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. This is a prayer and the result of a prayer of someone in the household of faith. Someone that has been influenced and impacted by the faith of Abraham, also Isaac, and therefore has to go on a journey to find something worth asking for. Do you have something in your life right now that you think about that's really worth asking for? I believe many times that for we as Christians, um, and for people in general, um, Sometimes we think that it's selfish, perhaps, to ask for something. We're not worthy. Um, 
Or sometimes it's overkill. We're just arrogant and prideful and we think we deserve it all. Um, and so sometimes we don't really know how to ask God for something specifically. But when I think about asking God by faith for something that He naturally wants to do, I believe the power of prayer is something that for you and I as people, as children of God and those who are searching for God's way in our lives, when we ask Him for His best and we ask Him the right way, God has a way of delivering that for His children. Let me give you a practical example. Um, we just celebrated my six-year-old's seventh birthday. All right, so my dear little daughter, my youngest, um, she just turned seven at the end of the month. And one of the things that literally, like a month before her birthday, she decided that she wanted was this electric moped that like goes like 10, 15 miles an hour, right? She's like... I really want this. And I'm like, okay, and I'm talking to Melissa about it. Why, why does she? Well, the kid down the street has one, right? And she keeps taking the kid down the street and taking it and riding it around. And so she's really got it in her mind. She wants an electric moped. Not just an electric moped. She wants an electric purple moped. She wants it very specifically. She wanted that so specifically that I even got a YouTube link to where this moped, somebody's riding it around and how cool it is and how awesome it is that this other child is like talking about how awesome their moped. I, I got this on my phone one day while I'm at work. I'm going, I think she really wants a purple moped. So all the grandparents got together and talked about it and like everybody wants to contribute and, and do this. So her birthday comes up and, you know, she gets some gifts and some little things, cake, et cetera, balloons. Um, but she doesn't get the purple moped because I had it here, right? I had it ready. I had to charge it, get it ready, et cetera. And, and Melissa calls me and she says, look, that's not going to work. You actually have to bring that so that she can see it or she's going to be devastated. I'm like, All right, so we get it out, right? I assemble it. It's not charged. You should have seen Emma's face when she saw the purple electric moped. And here's the thing. She has not stopped riding that purple electric moped. Like, she's still on it. The thing will last 45 minutes, and you'll see her. Yesterday I saw her coming up the street, right, back down the street. Like, it's out of juice, but she's, like, pushing that thing. Like, let's put it in and charge it. Can I go again, right? She absolutely loves it. But here's the thing. I, I like, was like, she doesn't need a purple electric moped, right? Like, She's got a scooter, that, that'll be fine. Or she's got a bike, that'll be fine. But something about me as a father was like, man, she, she really specifically desires this in her life. Is it within my capacity to do this for her? Yes. And I want her to be able to experience this. And the grandparents all got their heads together and everybody contributed. We wanted to make that happen. That was something... Was the, it was worth asking for. It was something she wanted really, really bad, more than anything else. And, like, really it came to this point where, like, she doesn't get it. Like, seven, which is a great number seven birthday, was going to be miserable for her because she didn't get what was really in her brain. How many things in life do you have that are like a purple electric moped where you want it 
and you know that it's something in your life that you could ask God for, but maybe you don't. Maybe you think you don't deserve it. Maybe you think, well, that's frivolous or something like that. What's interesting is in this story, this was so important for Abraham that he sent his chief of his household, the one who, if he didn't find a wife for Isaac, who would be in charge of all of the household instead of Isaac. That's how important this moment is. He sends him to go and find the right woman for his son. And when we read this story and we think about our own personal prayer life and things that are worth asking for, I think there are some great lessons here for you and I, not only in our prayer life, but in our daily walk with what God has given us. So I want to give you a life lesson and then three guides to help you in your prayer life, me in my prayer life. These are also very personal. These are things that I not only believe, but I try to live by. And the older I get, the more that I understand how true they are according to God's Word. Here's the life lesson. The Lord will guide the steps and answer the prayers of those who ask Him to deliver the best. The Lord will guide the steps and He will answer the prayers of those who ask Him to deliver the best. Think about the servant. Did the Lord guide his steps? Absolutely. When he prayed and he asked for things in detail, what did God do? God answered his prayer. He guided his steps and he answered his prayers. Why? What we began to read in verse 12 is he asked God for the best. He asked God to deliver what only God can deliver. I think that's a very important principle today, not only in our normal prayer life, but in our world today. We need answers in our world today that only God can deliver. And asking God for those answers, more not only about provision and in a season of life where things are thin and prices are going higher, but protection when you see the events that have happened in New York and and you see Florida, and you see all around the world, even, even in the last week, we need God's protection. We need God's direction. And God has a way of guiding the steps and answering the prayers of those who ask Him for His best, who ask God, God, deliver the best. <laughs> it must be important for us to hear this today if we're hearing all these glitches, right? So don't let it cause you to miss the moment because this is for your prayer life and God's best for you. Number one, what can we learn from Abraham, from Isaac, and from this story about the servant traveling 500 miles to find the right woman for Isaac to marry? Do not settle. Don't settle. Hold out when God clearly has something better for you. Do not settle. I think most of us in life can find a moment where we settled for less than God's best. We settle for less than God's best perhaps in choices that we make, situations that we find ourselves in, 
battles that we have to fight through, we settle for less than God's best. But if God has something better for you, don't settle. What did Abraham teach not only his son Isaac, but what did his household practice and reveal in this moment through the chief of his household? We're not just going to settle for any kind of woman for my son. Now, that's a great relationship principle for all of you. Men, women, students, don't settle for a relationship that is not God's best for you. Because when you settle, it's not going to bring you the fulfillment of your life, of God's purpose, of God's presence, of God's peace, of God's protection, of God's direction. It won't bring it to you. Now, you don't get to say that today, by the way. You don't get to say, oh, you hear what he's saying? Honey, I settled for you. Too late, right? You don't get to say that right now. So you don't get to, and you don't get to say, well, we settled for three kids and we should have had six. <laughs> don't use that against someone else. This is a personal thing in your prayer life. You are where you are today because of the choices that you've made in the past, but your future is defined by the choices and the prayers that you pray today. And when we settle, we have enough experience in our lives to look and to say, you know what, I may not have chosen God's best. Maybe you feel that about your job. Please do not go out and quit your job because you feel that way about your job. You need your job today, big time, right? But as you pray about your future, if God places something in your heart that is something that provides a better direction, a better future for you, your family, something that is better, don't settle for here when you can pray and ask God for something here. When you think about your children and you raise your children or your grandchildren, don't settle for something here when you want to motivate them to trust God and ask God for something here. When you think about your health, perhaps you're sick. I know one of our dear members, one of our dear friends is also battling through a sickness right now. And as they battle through, um, they don't want to hear, oh, that sickness is going to get you. Don't settle for saying, oh, well, this sickness, this cancer... Um, this challenge to my body is going to... Don't settle for that. Trust God for His best and ask God for His best and act in faith on seeking God's best and watch what God does. Many times in life, I think in the family of faith, we fail to exercise the same faith that saved us to our life choices before us. We're okay exercising faith for the forgiveness of our sins and to have a relationship with God through His Son Jesus and to go to heaven. But what about in the meantime? It requires the same exact faith in the meantime in this life to trust God for His best today and tomorrow as much as it does to join Him in heaven one day through Jesus. Faith. And faith is about asking God for His best. Hold out when God has something better. Abraham and Isaac 
could have chosen from the ladies of the land. But what's the problem? And again, I realize, you know, gosh, in our culture, you can't say anything with somebody going, what do you mean by that, right? You're talking about me. You're hurting my feelings. No, I'm talking about something thousands upon thousands of years ago. And here you have a father and a mother and a son who want God's best. What's wrong with that? Not one thing. And what did they realize? That the ladies and the young women around them were not of the character, of the faith, of the values of what they wanted for their son. They just weren't. And so what did Abraham say? Look, there's just better out there. I want you to go get it. I want you to ask God for it. I believe God has it for us. Go out there and do not settle. Do not. And look, if you don't find one there, then you're released from what we've promised today. But that's where I want you to go, 500 miles away, and I want you to find it. How far would you go to trust God for His best? How much energy would you expend in asking God for His best? Most of us, I believe, by nature... Um, we procrastinate, right, by nature. Um, we just expect it to work out by nature. I think that's just natural nature for us. But when you engage specifically in asking God, God, what is it that you have for me? And I'm not going to settle for what you don't have for me. That's when you find his biggest rewards, blessings, and answers to your prayer. Number two, not only... Do we see in this story that God guides the steps and answers the prayers of those who ask Him to deliver the best? But they also learn to ask specifically. Ask specifically. The details show how much we really want God to answer our prayers. The details show how much we really want God to answer our prayers. Learning to ask specifically is very important in our journey of faith with God. The servant, when he shows up, did you notice the details of his prayer? God, don't just let it be any woman, because it could have been any woman, right? Let it be someone who comes, who serves, and brings me water, who's willing to go the extra mile who will water the camels too, ten camels, which would take a lot of effort. Um, let it be someone of the household of faith. Let it be someone that I came all this way for. And before he's even finished praying all of these things, it happens just like he prayed. Just like he prayed. There's something about when you ask specifically. When you ask deliberately, when you ask with intentionality, and you say to God, you have this conversation with God, God, it means you're engaged. You're not just, you're not just praying, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food, right? Or you're not just saying some rote prayer that you learned that you grew up as a child saying. There's something about engaging in prayer specifically and with detail with God in something that has been placed in your heart, 
something that He has guided you towards, something that you know in your spirit He is working out for you, when you talk to Him specifically, when we pray together specifically for God to answer these prayers, do you know what God does? He answers those kinds of prayers. Because it shows in our prayer life we really are putting in the effort, we really are putting in the time, we really believe in what we're talking to Him about, and by faith we believe that He's going to answer. I think that sometimes is the difference in the answer to our prayers, and perhaps at times the difference when we don't see the answer to our prayers. If we're not careful... Not only do we settle for whatever life gives us, but not what God gives us. And we settle for lazy prayers because we just get tired. Or we think that maybe He won't come through. Or that used to work and it doesn't work anymore. Or I don't deserve it. Or I don't feel it. And we go through moments like that in our prayer life. And therefore we're not seeing the presence of God work in specific ways. Because we've stopped doing the work of prayer. A great mentor of mine years ago used to say, you pray when you feel like it, you pray when you don't feel like it, and you pray until you do feel like it. And whatever you do, you pray. And learning to pray specifically is about doing the heavy lifting, the hard work to say, this matters enough, it is worth asking God for, that I'm genuinely going to take the time in my day, in my life, And I'm going to talk to God because it matters that much. It's your purple electric moped. It matters that much. When you have something like that and you begin to talk to God specifically about it, that reveals the desires of your heart. It reveals what God has placed in there. And it reveals the opportunity to see that prayer answered because you're willing to show how much You really trust God to answer that prayer. Perhaps you have a wayward child, a wayward grandchild, um, someone whom the world has consumed, and they're walking not with the Lord, but they're walking with the world, and they're lost in that. Pray specifically for that person, for their deliverance, for their heart and their eyes to be open, for sensitivity, and don't quit in that. Continue to persevere in your prayer life. Perhaps you do need another opportunity that is a job. Pray deliberately, intentionally, specifically for that opportunity. Maybe it is provision and you need provision for your household. Ask God to deliver in the way that God can deliver specifically in that way for you. To stretch that oil and flour in the jar, if you take an Old Testament analogy, or that paycheck that you have. Let God be the one who begins to manage that and ask Him, God, I need your help specifically in these days. And watch how the Lord will provide specifically when we ask Him specifically. Don't do it flippantly. This was not a flippant journey. And this was not a flippant prayer that the servant prayed. The future depended upon it. The heritage of the Lord's people depended upon it. And God delivered based on His promise. I want us to do something right now. I want us to take a moment before I share the last thing and I want us to pray. I want us to pray about a couple of things, okay? I want to give us the opportunity to pray. The first thing that I want us to pray for that I know that God will answer 
is I want us to pray for Vacation Bible School at Calvary Baptist Church this week. And here's what I want us to pray for. That God would speak to every worker and every teacher and every volunteer. That His Holy Spirit would speak and energize their heart, refresh their souls, and give them something of value to say to those they're around and to the children they're working with this week. That they will have good attitudes. That they will have energy that they will be focused on what's before them, and they will help share the gospel this week. I want us to pray that. Number two, I want us to pray for every child that comes, that God sends here to Calvary Baptist Church this week, Vacation Bible School, that those that haven't already secured their relationship with Jesus, that they would not only hear about Jesus, but that they would respond with a yes by faith in their tender hearts to say yes to Jesus, to be saved, and to be able to follow Jesus the rest of their lives. I want us to pray for them, right? That way, if we ask God for those kinds of results, specifically, guess what God is going to do? He's going to answer those prayers. Can we pray for that right now? Let's just stop what we're doing. Let's bow our heads, bow our hearts, and let's talk to God right now. And I want you to join me as I vocalize this prayer. I want you to pray for these things as well. God, we thank you this week for an opportunity for this family of faith to be on mission with you. And by being on mission with you, God, we pray that for our leaders, our teachers, the people that are volunteering and sacrificing of their time and their talents and their abilities this week, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill their hearts, that you will give them energy, that they will be vessels of hope and life, that they will come with the attitude ready to serve you, Jesus, and that you will use them powerfully by your Spirit to impact children and those that they are around all week long. God, we pray that because you can do that. And so we ask your Holy Spirit, even right now, prepare their hearts, all of the leaders and all of the volunteers. And God, we also pray for all of the children. We pray for all of the children that come to this place this week, that you would soften their hearts, that you would allow their homes to be a place where their children are allowed to come to vacation Bible school and, and they hear the truth of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and they respond to the gospel, the good news of your love and salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. And they carry that with them back into their homes and that as children of yours, they impact even their homes. We pray for supernatural salvations and work through what we offer this week as a church and a family of faith on mission. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, do you think, do you think God's going to answer that prayer? Absolutely, He's going to answer that prayer. Why is God going to answer that prayer that you just prayed, that we just prayed together? Why is He going to answer that prayer? Because that's something He wants to do anyways, right? And when we plug into doing what God wants to do anyways... That is a part of him answering prayers and doing something good. Who's going to be blessed this week by what God does when he answers the prayers? Well, you are. The workers are going to be. Naturally, the children will be and the households will be. But now I want to do a second thing real quick because I know that some of you are sitting out there going, okay, but what's in it for me? <laughs> and that's what I want to take a second point of time and pray. Because what is it in your life? that you have yet to pause, slow down, 
and intentionally, deliberately ask God for because it's worth asking Him for. It was that important for Abraham. It was that important for Isaac. It was that important for the chief of the household. What about for you? What's that important? Right now, perhaps something is coming up in your mind or in your heart. And this is something maybe you've been wrestling with God on. But you've been busy. Um, or maybe you've gone through a hard time and you're not sure how to ask. Well, why don't we just stop and do that right now? Let's bow our heads again and our hearts right now. Because remember, we're not going to settle. And we're going to ask specifically. And with heads bowed and hearts bowed, I want you right now to share from your heart, between you and God, God, this is what's been in my heart. That's right, just take the moment right now, right where you are, even online. And I want you to ask God, talk to God about that. I want to pray with you. Father, I, I know it's just a moment. And the conversations with you are just beginning. The prayers are just now being offered. But somehow, someway, spiritually and supernaturally, I, I pray that you will bring to fruition what your children right now are identifying, what your spirit is prompting within them, God, I pray that you will do it. You will do it. And it will be the best for them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, don't stop with your prayer just because you just had a moment. I, I pray that just that moment is like, you know, the, the appetizer before the main course. Maybe you just kind of got your appetite going right now. And maybe you just identified it. That means that after church today, your work begins. This week, the work begins where you go, okay, God, I really want to get specifically and not settle. I want to talk to you about this area in my life. It's that important. And so as you begin to pray about that and work through that, Watch what God will do. There's one last thing that happens when we pray this kind of way. When you have something like this in, in your life, um, God has a way of answering those kinds of prayers. And here's the last thing that I would encourage you to do. I think sometimes this is the hardest thing. And perhaps this is what keeps the next prayer from being answered. What happens when God answers the specific prayer, and you didn't settle. What happens when God provides? What do you do with that? Well, the servant, the head of the household, the one in charge who had gone all this way, put in all this effort and all this time to honor the request of Abraham, when he saw that this young woman, Rachel, was exactly what he had prayed for, exactly what Abraham had longed for, exactly what Isaac needed, and how the future depended upon this moment. Verse 26 says, verse 26 says the man bowed low, worshipped the Lord, and he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has not forsaken His loving kindness and His truth. 
and he has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. The last thing that's very important in our prayer life is to bless the Lord. To bless the Lord. When the Lord comes through, when he answers that prayer, when you see him at work, bless the Lord. That's what the servant did. Bless the Lord. The Lord does not forsake those who acknowledge his loving kindness and his truth. Why would God answer any prayer? Why would God answer any prayer? Well, his motive is a lot better than mine as a father. But when my little six-year-old, now seven-year-old, asked for something that specific, she was going to get it, right? I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Now, I love very flawed as a father. But God loves very perfect as our Heavenly Father. He knows. He knows more than we know. When He comes through, I encourage you, maybe be like a little seven-year-old, you know, who's like so excited that you actually got what you asked for, what you wanted, what you desired. Bless the Lord. Why would He do it? Because His loving kindness endures forever. He loves us that much. Why does God answer prayers? Why does God engage? Because He never denies His promise. He promised. He promised Abraham long ago before this story ever occurred. He spoke the truth and He kept the truth. And the servant is able to say the Lord's loving kindness and the Lord's truth. I bless the Lord because He always comes through. And also... He blessed the Lord because the Lord guided His steps. For some reason, we got to hear this. So hold on. The Lord guided His steps. The Lord is guiding your steps. One of the best, best ways, one of the best ways that you can watch the Lord work in your steps to not settle, to ask specifically, and to bless the Lord, oh my soul. You got it? Let's pray. So Father, even now, what we did a few moments ago, as we begun a process of asking specifically for others, identifying specifically for ourselves. Now, God, would you speak? Would you do the work beyond what has happened even in these last few moments of your word? Would you now do the greater work of carrying that forward as we pray for things worth asking for? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's going to be a good week. I'm excited about Vacation Bible School. It's possible because of your giving. Thank you for being faithful with your tithes and your offerings. Don't neglect that so that we can get new stereo equipment, right? (laughs) Otherwise, if we don't tithe, we're not going to get new stuff that works, right? No, but seriously, thank you for being faithful with your tithes and your offerings. Because this week matters, and that's a part of our giving. Also, you saw opportunities to connect. So if you're new to the church, look, intro to Calvary's coming up. And yes, normally our stuff works, so don't run off or be 
dismayed because it was a tough morning. No, thank you for being faithful and for connecting this church. We have a lot of good things going. And I'm just going to quit right now because we have enough to ask God for and ask God for something great. And I'm so grateful.